Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, this is Tom Nettles with our next edition of The Doctrinal Component. We're looking at the stories in Luke chapter 7, and recently we looked in verses 1 through 10 at the faith of the centurion. Today we want to look at verses 11 through 17. The text reads, Soon afterwards he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her, and said to her, Do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers claimed to a halt. And he said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Fear gripped them all, and they began glorifying God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. This report concerning him went out all over Judea and in the surrounding district. Uh, the text begins with soon afterwards he went to a city called Nain. So this is in roughly chronological order. How soon afterwards, we're not sure. How many events had occurred in between the healing of the centurion's servant uh, and the healing of this widow's son, we're not sure. But it was something that one followed the other. Uh, Jesus raises from death the only son of a widow in this narrative. Now, we know that nature does not raise dead people. Nature, in its relentless devolution, kills, saps the life from living things. Only one who is over nature, who understands why the processes of nature work towards death, can intervene. Only God, who both curses and rescues, can reverse the terror of the fait accompli of death. We see in this narrative that two large crowds merged. There was a crowd of Jesus' disciples with a large crowd going with them. And then we also see that there was a sizable crowd from the city that was with this widow. This would create a pool of witnesses who could give irrefutable testimony to the event. Uh, we could not calculate how many different places this story of this healing would be told because of the number of people and how many contacts they would have and how they would tell their families and how those families would tell other friends who would tell their families. And so this would be something in which there was a witness base for this work of Jesus that would provide an irrefutable evidence of his power over death. Now, apparently, neither the widow nor the crowd had knowledge that Jesus was there, nor at that time who he was. This work of power was also a work of sovereign compassion. She did not ask 
he saw the case and felt compassion for her. Even so, when we enter, when we enter into God's saving purpose, it is from his eternal disposition of love towards us. And thus, prior to any action on our part toward him. As we read in Ephesians chapter 2, when it says that we are dead in trespasses and sins, the text tells us, But God, being rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, that is, that covenantal love that has been ours before the foundation of the world, from which love and from which covenant he acts toward us in all of his actions of grace. We see this uh, in this very uh, natural historical form in Jesus coming to this crowd that had the dead son of the widow in it. Jesus told the dead boy to get up. The text says he sat up and began to speak. This bestowal of life models the way in which spiritual life is restored to those dead in trespasses and sins. Jesus' own resurrection showed his victory over death and is the source of both spiritual resurrection and physical resurrection unto glory for those united with him in the covenant of redemption. That is, the text says in Ephesians 2, he made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So all of these blessings that come to us in salvation, the blessing of resurrection, the blessing of glorification, comes to us because Christ has been promised to people and we are given union with him before the foundation of the world so that all of his labors for salvation are ours and we are united with him. So Jesus raises this young man from the dead in accordance with his power, the power that he has to subdue all things to himself. Now, none could deny the wonder of what had been done. They feared in the presence of such a manifestation of power in the service of mercy, and they glorified God. Now, they recognized that a great prophet had arisen, and in him God had visited his people. Uh, this would serve as a foundation for the later preaching of the gospel in Judea, for that is where these things happened, according to the command in Acts 1.8, You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea. So Jesus was, by this miracle, establishing a foundation for those who would scatter out from Jerusalem and go to all places in Judea, and would preach that this Christ who had been crucified is raised from the dead. And there would be many who had seen this miracle of his power over death, and the groundwork for their belief would have been established. We also know that there were those who saw but did not believe. Uh, this demonstrates how hardened to evidence and spiritual truth sin has made us. They would not believe, as Jesus told the Pharisees. If they do not believe Moses and the prophets, that is, the word of God, which testifies of Christ, if they will not believe that, they will not believe, even though 
one is raised from the dead. May the Lord deliver us from such hardness of heart, from such resistance to the true glory and power of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by his resurrection power transform us even in this life uh, as a precursor to that glory that we will have when we see him in eternity. Thank you for joining me for this edition of The Doctrinal Component.